And that is success to me. You know, those 20% or whatever it is each year, hitting those goals, that's success. But I think living a life where you look at it more as here's your portfolio, here's family, here's faith, here's business and feeling content with each of those baskets and how much you give to them. But at the end of the day, like success is my kids saying they're proud of me or they love that their mom is a working mom. They don't know any different. Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast. And I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. After a decade of providing expert commercial real estate advice and consultation to the business owners and investors I serve, I wanted to share some of the most inspiring and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as business and commercial real estate trends. If you want to grow, you're tuning in to the right show. Today, I'm excited to have Sarah Grafton as a guest of the Performance Mindset Show. Sarah is a financial advisor, motivational speaker, author, community activist, and social media influencer. In 2007, she launched her career at Grafton Wealth Management in Winter Park, Florida. She and her family team have a heart for the community and serving those in need. Through her service, Sarah has raised more than $20 million for multiple nonprofits across Florida. What I love most about Sarah is her passion for small business and women in business. I first met Sarah through Leadership Winter Park in 2015. At that time, my office was on the Avenue and my husband and I had just moved to Winter Park. Sarah was instrumental in getting me plugged into Winter Park as well as getting involved so I too could feed my passion for others. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And I just love that you're doing this podcast. So I was very excited to get the invitation. It keeps growing week after week. It's wonderful to see that people are really interested in in hearing more about growth in business, growth in leadership. So yeah, I'm glad that we've been able to connect now after the summers to talk. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the family business. Sure. So I am the odd man out in the family. I'm the only extrovert (laughs) (laughs) other than my mother. My mother's pretty extroverted, but I went to school. I fell in love with like American government, political science, public administration, But what I really found out was I love serving others. Like I joined all these different organizations in school and I always wanted to be in a leadership position and I really loved giving back. And around sophomore year, I went to my father who had had this business that I grew up watching him create and build. And I mean, he would go to work at 7 a.m. and come home at 7 p.m., have dinner with us, put us to bed. And in the morning he'd be gone. I mean, he put everything into it. And I knew I wanted to be a part of that in some way. And so I told him sophomore year that I had planned on doing that. And he said, all right, I want you to finish out, you know, college, do what you love, learn what you love. When you come out of school, you're going to have to take your series seven, your 66, all your insurance exams. So, you know, be ready for that. I remember graduating on a Saturday and my dad expected me in the office on Monday. And I was like, (laughs) thank you for that, that break. I think, you know, sometimes 
one of the things people think about family businesses is, oh, it's just your dad or just your brothers, you know, you have a lot of flexibility or you could easily rise to the top type of thing. But my dad was very serious about us earning every penny that we we made and worked for. And he made us start at the very bottom, learn every side of the business. And we barely get vacation days as a family business because when you're not there, you're still, you know, working. You're always, it's, you own your own business. So you have a lot of responsibility, but I absolutely love it. I do our business development and my brothers are a certified financial planner and a certified financial analyst. So they really help round out the team and serve our clients really well. So that's an amazing team. And I remember we talked about it. I used to work with my husband in his law firm before I got into commercial real estate. And I'm like, why are you so much tougher on me than anybody yeah. like else in the office? Yes. So well, I think you have high expectations for your family members. And you also, it's a beautiful thing having a family business because you have this trust that everybody's in it for the same thing. Everybody wants it to be successful. You can work together really easily because you know each other's strengths and weaknesses. But at the same time, you have this family dynamic where you're sitting around the dinner table on a Sunday and you're like, can you please not talk about work? (laughs) So we truly do love it. And we're really grateful that we all have different slices of the pie because we don't overlap a lot. We don't get in each other's way a lot, but we help each other. We can't do the business without another, you know, each other's piece. So I think that's what makes it successful. Sounds like you guys have a good formula going on there in your office. Yeah. What do you believe sets you apart from others in your industry? Sure. So just imagine your normal everyday financial advisor. They have to go into the office. They have to watch the market. They have to know the economy of the day. They have to do the research. They have to do the analyzing. But then they also have to step outside the office and do business development. Well, that's not the same for our team. We have this opportunity that each of us has a different piece of the puzzle. So when I'm out of the office doing our business development, that doesn't take away from our clients at all. They're still being serviced 100% of the time. Someone's watching the market. Someone's doing their financial plan. Someone, you know, someone's in the office. So I think that's a little nice, a little difference that a lot of people don't have. And more people are starting to use teams in a different dynamic. Another thing is we are a small boutique family team. So we only have about 175 families that we work with, Mm. but we're at Merrill under the Bank of America umbrella, which provides this security for clients. You know, it's at a big bank. You know, we have access to the world's best products, the world's best research. We have both sides. You have this like family feel where when you call in, we know your voice, we know what's going on in your life. You don't have to say your social or your, you know, your account number for us to know what's going on. But then you also have that big bank side where you feel a little more secure. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about what you do? So I'm a people person, if you can't tell. <laughs> what? I, Wait, I, how did we meet again? <laughs> I know you are the, I think you're the exact same way. I don't know if you're like this. After 15 years of doing this, I have become a little bit more of an introvert. When I get home, I'm just like, I just want to relax. Don't talk to me. Let me put on my pajamas. <laughs> but even if I don't feel like going somewhere, if I get in the car, put the outfit on 
and I get there in front of people, like my energy comes from other people. It kind of like ramps me up. It gets me excited. So I love that part of the business. And I love that over the years, like service has become a really big part of who we are and our identity as a business. So every day I get to volunteer in some way, whether it's on a board or committee or just, you know, showing up at the hospital for Runway to Hope and sitting with a kid and playing games, or maybe it's just volunteer hours at the museum, whatever it is, I'm, I'm helping in some way. So I'm working, but I'm volunteering at the same time. And I kind of like that. Well, you were talking about it in your family business, the typical financial advisor has to go out and do the business development, do all the work, you know, all those types of things. And I've built like a similar team at my firm where I can be out there, you know, in the field, you know, talking to people. Now, of course, I still keep on top of what's going on. It's like when we talk about financial issues, you know what's going on too. But then you have people that can then do what's needed to be done. And for me, that allows get to connect with people and do what I thrive doing. Yeah. I love, I love the way that you've set up your team is you really show appreciation to them. You know, especially that's what I see on social media. And I think you highlight their strengths and you put them where they're great. And so just from watching you on the outside, you get to be at all these events, you get to represent your business, be the face of your business, but also have this trust of like this internal team is doing a really good job. And you have so much trust in them. Like I have in my brothers that you don't feel this need to like check on them all the time, you know, like, Oh, are they doing the right thing? You know, that they're going to do the best job they can. So yeah, it's good to to build it that way. And yeah, I've gotten to meet your entire family, your mom and your dad and your brothers. And it's just awesome. And it ties in so much too for your passion for women in business, as well as, you know, you have this boutique, you know, establishment and what, what you've done for yourself is really congruent with what you're, what, what you're doing out there in the community. Yeah. One I guess the way we met even like leadership winter park in the beginning, I was very blessed that within six months of starting with Grafton wealth management, we moved to the Avenue, which has been such a blessing in so many ways, but I just was introduced to all these amazing humans who have their own businesses, who every day wake up and start all over again, trying to generate revenue on the Avenue and they work together so well and they try to help one another. And I loved that. And so I kind of fell in love with small businesses and I wanted to see them succeed. And like, how could I do that as as a financial advisor? I can either serve as their financial advisor, which we do for many of them on the Avenue. And we just love working with families that have small businesses too, but I can also volunteer and one of those ways was getting involved with the merchants and getting involved with the chamber. I did that for 10 years and now I've, I've kind of gotten plugged in in different areas and I'm sure your volunteer, you know, journey has led you to different places, but one person asks you to do something here and you're like, okay, I feel called to do that. And then here. And so you gotta, you gotta pick and choose. And so I still help with the businesses on the Avenue as much as I can. And we have been doing some incredible things, but I do a lot more in the nonprofit space now too. Yeah. By the way, so this podcast goes nationally. So I just realized I didn't tell anybody what the Avenue is and I'm sorry. I should tell everybody what is the Avenue. Sure. So three years ago, we started the Park Avenue district and 
Park Avenue is in Winter Park, Florida. And we were very thankful to have a very qualified attorney that you, <laughs> you know very well help us establish the district. But the district is really just a territory of Park Avenue, Winter Park, Florida that we love so much. It's a historic district. So many, I mean, Orlando has 11 districts and we don't have any. So we were like, all right, we need to get on this, you know, on this train. We got to keep up. We got to stay competitive. So we work together with the city and the chamber and all the small businesses to try and do our best to create foot traffic for downtown and do events together, co-marketing opportunities. And we kind of fit in because we're a small business, family business, but then, you know, we can't participate in things like a sidewalk sale because I'm not going to sell retirement on the street, (laughs) but we help. We love just like, I just love the life that it's created, like working with these small businesses. Like I love that my children come up to the Avenue and feel like it's home. We celebrate milestones on the avenue at different like restaurants like panulos we always do christmas jamie and kevin who own peterbrook they're like family to us every time the boys start a first day of school and a last day of school we go to peterbrook so this avenue has really become a home for us It, it it is to i was just there yesterday eating eating lunch with my my family so I, I don't ever want to go too far, far away because it kind of becomes like part of part of your your life. And it really is the lifeblood, you know, of Winter Park. And it's wonderful to see how much you've invested your efforts into supporting those businesses. Yeah, I love it. You've talked about your volunteerism, you have your family, and obviously you're involved with the business. How do you manage work-life balance? Sure. So it, that's so funny kind of that you asked, because I think we originally talked about this, like, I don't know, whenever we, how many years ago did we meet? Like, <laughs> but I just remember you were starting a family. You now have children of your own. And it is like, some people will tell you like, oh, I don't believe in work-life balance. There's no such thing. You know, some people will be like, oh, you can have the perfect mix. And for me, I think it just came down to one day realizing that I wasn't living according to my priorities. So if someone said to you, what are your priorities for my answers were always like faith is first family, my career friendships. And I looked at my calendar and I was like, okay, perfect example for me. If faith is one of my priorities and all I have in the whole calendar week is just church on Sunday. (laughs) Like that's one hour of the week. I'm like, not really you know, prioritizing according my calendar, according to my priorities. And if children and my children and my family and my husband were, you know, second up there on my list of priorities, well, why was I filling this work week to 60 hours of, you know, going here and there and doing these volunteer things and being in the office? So I had to really take a hard look at what, what, what am I doing? And why am I hustling so hard if what I'm hustling for is those top two things on my priorities? <laughs> so, and then um, you have no time left because right. there's only 168 hours in a week. Yes. So I just decided that I was going to break down how many hours I was going to work a week. And that included 
galas that included when I was serving on a committee or serving at a, in a board, like if that took two hours of my day, I'm not going to go spend another, you know, however many hours in the office, like that's just not fair to my family. And so I started prioritizing and having a healthy relationship with work. And then also, I mean, I have very, I don't know if you're like this and this is a, maybe a truth bomb, <laughs> I don't have a lot of stuff. <laughs> time for friendships. I work all the time. I have my family. I have three boys, which as they age come with different commitments. So football, basketball, piano, like all these different things. My youngest does like speech therapy, like all these different things. And so it's hard for me to set aside time for girlfriends. And I'm very lucky that one of my best friends has been my best friend since college and she lives the same type of lifestyle. So we call each other and we're like, I know it's been a month, (laughs) but how are you doing? But this year I decided I really wanted to commit more time to relationships and just friendships and growing with other people and not expecting like to have all these friends just because I'm involved with so many things. Those are great acquaintances. They're wonderful people but they're not like people who I would turn to if I was ever in need of something or that they would turn to me. So this year I really wanted to focus on not only like making new friends, but like really like appreciating the ones I have and investing more in them. So I think you learn a lot about balance when you look at your priorities and that is what I've started to do. And then once you align those, I think you feel more balanced. I think you're happy with your commitments. I think we're always on like the same wavelength. I had to make some drastic realignments because I realized, and we had this discussion, I just call it like faith, family, and fitness. But I think I got the faith in the family from you back when I decided to realign my life. And I too was guilty of it. But yeah, I just saw a girlfriend last night and we were such dear friends. We were pregnant at the same time together, had our babies at the same time together in the same industry together. And we hadn't seen each other for a year. And I'm like, this is, this this can't, that's not good. That's not good. It's great to be involved with these different things. But then at the end of the day, one of my friends said is you consider your like your friend friends, somebody you'd feel comfortable calling at two o'clock in the morning. If your tire blew out, like Mm. who would be that person and how much time are you investing in that relationship? And, (laughs) and so, yeah. That makes sense. I think there'd probably be like my husband and like my family. It's hard too with a big family because every weekend is a family birthday party or a family this or, but yeah, there's only a couple of people that I can think of. So I'm, I also like to double where I can. So I started working out by doing tennis and that way I'm like hanging out with some amazing women and then getting to know them. So wherever I can, you know, I like to be um, very efficient with my time. (laughs) I think it's so important. I think anyone who can take their week and stratify, you know, how much time do you want to sleep? How much time do you want to spend with family? How much time do you want to like invest into your faith? to to do that and evaluate that. And have you found that you've been so much more effective since doing that? For sure. So, and you're like this in many ways too. 
in the beginning of my career and even, you know, years in, I was saying yes to everything. Like if I thought that I was capable of helping anyone that asked for help, I was like, oh, I'd love to help with your gala. Oh, I'd love to help with your community event. I'd love to serve on your board. And I was draining myself for sure. And I was I was there, I was present, but like I was doing good. I was like not doing great because I was, I couldn't do great for everybody. If you are on a committee and you're the auction chair and then you go to another committee and they need auction items, well, you just like created donor fatigue because I'm asking the same people 12 times a year (laughs) for auction items. So I just, I wanted to do great in more places. And I just decided that I needed to, you know, gracefully tell some of these organizations like, okay, my time's up, you know, and and I did that with the chamber too. My time's up in December. I have loved serving here. I am a hundred percent a chamber supporter, but I can't do everything. So, and I did that with a number of nonprofits. Like I love, love, love Make-A-Wish, but I was serving on their board and I just, I had served on it so long. I felt like I gave everything that I could. I was the gala chair one year. And, you know, like I had done the 5k and I was like, I think it's time for me to invest in some other people too. So we, we still support and donate to all the causes that we've been involved in. But when it comes to my time, I'm just very particular about like, okay, now this year I'm going to do these two and I'm going to do them really. And that that's, you know, it's sad. You can't help everyone, but I don't think there's a way to do it healthy. I think the organizations though, too, they would really be doing themselves a favor because I call it like the spider web effect, you know, think of all the people that you have within your sphere of influence Mm -hmm. and how much more benefit organizations would have by having you very strategically involved, getting that maximum output throughput through you for a year or two. And then bringing in the new set of leaders and then getting the maximum impact from them. It's sometimes, you know, I think that I feel guilty sometimes when I tell people I can't give anymore. But then I think that two organizations owe themselves a bit of a responsibility to 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 have that succession planning and in that they will. I've seen, in my opinion, I think more more benefit comes by rotating that board. And and then also people are able to be involved in multiple things. And I think just everyone ends up winning. Yeah. I I did tell one of the organizations, I was like, I feel like I'm doing you a disservice by sitting on your board because sure. I write the check, but like, I'll, I'll pay to come to your gala and not be on your board. And then you could have someone who's there invested, can give the time, you know, for me, a five o'clock board meeting, it doesn't work in my life anymore. Like that's time with my family. And so there's been a few boards where truly based on time, I could not do it. Like I, I can't, I can't do your 5 PM meetings. And I don't feel it's fair to take up a board seat if I'm not going to be there. So I'll support you. I'll come to your events, but I, you don't want me there. Like, it's not fair to you. (laughs) So it's your, it's your non-negotiable. So you have to have what your non-negotiables are and then build your, your life around that. And so one of them is your, your five o'clock because you need to probably be at three different type of sporting events at the same time. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And, um, and Jason's like, and you know this because your husband has his own business, but 
Jason with the sports commission, there is a sporting event we could be at every day. I mean, truly like there are so many amazing sporting events here in Orlando, but also ones you don't even think about like canoe and kayak and all these different things that, you know, like Jason's company puts on. And if I tried to be at all of them, (laughs) I would not have any time. I made this rule that we weren't going to have a babysitter more than twice a week. And so we try to stick to that unless it's, you know, a really busy week. And then maybe we'll have my mom, you know, so it's more of a family Mm -hmm. babysitter, but if, if he does some things without me, we have to be okay with that. And if I do some things without him, we try to do everything together that we can, but we just don't want to have the kids with a babysitter, you know, four or five nights a week. And the funny part is Joey's pre-K teacher is our babysitter since he was an infant. So it would be really funny if Miss Peggy was basically raising my child because (laughs) she would have him all day at school and then come over for an event. So put him to bed. (laughs) I was like, I'm just not okay with someone else raising my child. (laughs) I had a reset in the Northeast because, you know, my business was going like a freight train, like from 2019, 20, 21. And it was going so fast that I did have, I had an incredible amount of help, like so much help. And this summer I went away to Vermont and I knew you go away to like Maine. Yeah. But when I got back, I just like, I felt like this. And then I haven't talked about this publicly, but I just felt so I couldn't give them back to like the babysitter to yeah. go. Like I had someone that was working five to eight every day to like help pick up my children and to like help go through the whole routine because often I'd be working later and I said, I don't care like how difficult it is. And so I'm only just a few months out from that. But all of a sudden I just completely cut that person and they are just a wonderful human being. And it like broke my heart to like, let, let them like go. But like, I wanted to step into it. So we actually, I don't have like a specific, you know, guideline, whether it's like two nights a week or what it is, but that's actually what we've kind of fallen into. And yeah, if I yeah. feel like I'm having to get someone much more than that then I have to really evaluate, like, is that really worth it? And then, yeah, I too have my my mom help. So we, I I agree. I agree with that. I think, you know, everything's a personal decision, but in my case, I didn't want to go back like five years from now and regret like putting work above like my family. Oh my goodness. Like you will get to this point too, but I have a 13 year old, right? That means next year he's going into high school. I just watched like my 11 year old too do his middle or, you know, graduation into middle school. And I was in tears and I am not a crier. Like I was sitting there thinking, I can't believe we are already in a place where my middle child is going into sixth grade and my oldest is going into high school next year. And, you know, I'm a little blessed because like I did start over and have Joey who's in kindergarten, but like, I don't want to miss those moments. Like, I don't want to be, you know, in 15 years and 20 years, like I can volunteer on boards. I can volunteer on committees. I can always give back and I can, you know, hustle so hard, but I've got these years with my kids and like, I want to invest as much as I can. I want to, you know, I may not be like PTA president, but I want to like show up and volunteer for lunch. I want to show up and like, I coach writers basketball team at St. Margaret Mary. Like I love getting that extra time with him and like, getting to know his friends and just like putting that time in there. Like 
I can't imagine something for work or giving back that could mean more to me than that or to him. Like, I think, I think I'm hopefully building a childhood that they'll love. (laughs) I was too busy to, to even see it until like I stopped. Sometimes you just have to like, almost like stop to kind of see it around you. And I don't know if you've seen it too, but I think there's more understanding that came out of COVID that potentially if you had this same conversation with someone three years ago, they would just be like, well, then you have your priorities in the wrong spot. (laughs) I I told someone that the other day, COVID taught us a lot about our priorities when I was able to slow down for those few months. And I think our jobs are a lot of like where we're doing a lot of business development, a lot of events. Well, my job was really not truly not there because like we couldn't go anywhere. I had to do in a lot of virtual events for our clients and things like that, but I had a lot of more time on my hands. And I can tell you this for sure. Like I've never been healthier than I was during COVID. I was working out every day. I was like mentally, I was reading every day. I had time for things that we take for granted when we're busy. Like that's always the first thing to go for me. Like, oh, it was a long day. I I don't have time to work out. I didn't drink enough water. I don't wake up early and read instead of like, I wake up early and pack lunches, you know? So I think COVID just really showed us like what's important to us. And it's really hard. Like no matter I see it, I want to do it, but it's really hard to stick to those things when life gets busy. Yeah. Just trying the best you can. I think if you're doing what you're striving to do and keeping your priorities straight, like 80% of the time, mm-hmm. then you're probably going to have a healthy existence. And then, you know, sometimes 20% of the time you may have some <laughs> chaos going on and the wheels yeah. are falling off the bus. <laughs> so, yeah. What is the idea of success for you? I mean, how would you define it, right? And have you reached there or is there something you still feel like you need to do? This is a hard one. In my 20s, success was being the top producer. It was being the, you know, award winner. It was whatever it was. It was so for me, it was like competitive. I grew up playing sports. So it was like, how do I reach the top of this? How do I, you know, I don't know, get to the this ideal like spot where I had everything I wanted kind of thing. It's totally different in my 30s. Like in my 30s, like success is having like a healthy, happy family success is um, having a business that serves its purpose and helps other people. It's not really about the numbers anymore. Like we're very blessed to have as many clients that we do, but it's, you know, internally at work, sure. I'm sure like you do. And most businesses do, we have goals. Like we, we want to grow a certain amount every year. And that is success to me. You know, those that 20% or whatever it is each year, hitting those goals, that's success. But I think living a, a life where you look at it more as like, here's your portfolio, here's like family, here's faith, here's business. And like feeling content with each of those baskets and how much you give to them. It's nice to be rewarded and, and you've been rewarded too. It's nice to like get those awards and But at the end of the day, like success is like my kids saying like they're proud of me or they're, they love that their mom is a working mom or they don't know any different. Like they, they don't think of, you know, Jason as, or I being the one that like takes care of everything. They, they see us as a partnership type of thing. So I, I think as you get older and you have a family, like 
success kind of changes a little to you. I, I still hustle and I still, I, I can easily get into that competitive mindset, but when I like take a step back, success is something different. Yeah. I think maybe even, uh, to put like a label on it, uh, it seems that you just have like more like purpose overall, yeah. or I don't, I don't know what the right word for it would be, but yeah. And, and more peace. Because you don't feel like you have to to do that. So, And I agree with you, like having a purpose and living out your purpose every day. Like that, that sounds like success for sure. That's awesome. Well, let's see if I have anything else I want to. Oh, so do you think, and I, I didn't ask you yet because you've worked with a lot of different business owners do you feel like there's like a, a secret sauce that you see with, with a lot of the people that you work with or what like specific advice would you have for like an entrepreneur or small business? Yeah. For me, it's don't reinvent the wheel. Like so many small businesses think like I have these great ideas or concepts and then they try to do it all. They try to do the marketing. They try to do the business development. They try to do, you know, but these perfect examples, these retailers on Park Avenue, they have a product, right? They, they are a women's fashion boutique. They're really great at that creative side. They're really great at styling things that I'm horrible at. They're really great at fashion, but they, they don't have that accounting side or they don't have that marketing side or they don't have the social media side. Like don't try and do everything, like find great people and bring them in or outsource to them and, and try to grow your business with other people. I've always been like a huge proponent of like coming together is you can accomplish much more. I think even we see that when businesses work together, I love, love, like if, a store or on the Avenue works together with another store or a restaurant serves a dessert from another end of the store or under of the Avenue. I, I just think working together is really important. I agree. I a hundred percent agree. I think that's one of the great things about just to kind of bring it like full circle to what's wonderful about leadership winter park. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that, a Leadership Winter Park is a program through the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, who actually is going to be celebrating their 100 years coming up. And they have this initiative and they have roughly about 40 business leaders come together that really represent the the overall community. But you build these lifelong relationships and come together to also, you know, help the community. But Winter Park and especially on Park Avenue, they they have this great synergism and there is this great, you know, collaboration. And I think that's really a lot of the vibe, vibe there. And I you know, having been like a product of that like environment, I don't hesitate to reach out if there's a way that I can work together with with someone else to get to a goal. It is nice too, because it introduces you to people with all different types of businesses. And I know, I think you get what you put in going through there. I made a point of like writing thank you notes to all of the people who spoke and like trying to get to know them better and setting up a coffee. You know, I wanted to get as much out of it as I could. And I think you could go through a leadership program like that and get nothing out of it. Like if you just show up that day and then you go home and you don't really try to generate relationships, but if you really try and generate relationships, like I am celebrating, I think the 12th year of doing the very merry charity, which was 
I was in class 19 and Kyle Taylor was in class 18. He was a facilitator of my year. And we were at a leadership winter park after hours event and sharing that our birthdays were coming up. And I was like, we should do something together for our birthdays. Like, <laughs> want to do yes. this toy drive. And so ever since, like we've kind of leaned into that community and said, like, we were a part of leadership winter park. We loved it. We came together to create something of our own. It may be something small and simple and just raising toys for families at the holidays, but it's, it was an opportunity to grow. And I think if you go through programs like that, like don't just invest your dollars, like invest your time, invest in the relationships and it's, it can be super successful. One thing you're really good about and we didn't talk about yet is we talked about you're your social media influencer. I think also leveraging hybrid relationships is something that you're really good at staying top of mind and keeping that presence. Do you have any tips for someone that looking to, to do that more? Yeah. I mean, I always think I'm a connector and the connector can be a hard type of person to be because you're constantly thinking of others and how like you can help <laughs> others, but like, you're like, Hey, why didn't you come to me? <laughs> you know, like there's, there are definitely times where you're like, man, I keep helping connect all these people, but like, are, you know, like you'd love to be connected, but you have to obviously meet someone like you, who's also a connector, you know, so, but I think, I think connecting people makes me happy. It makes me feel like I'm serving someone else and I'm helping to better their business. It is funny. Like when you connect people, I don't know, I like this, even with friendships, like you connect to people, you're like, oh my gosh, they would love each other. They have so much in, in common. And then they hang out without you. And you're like, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I don't know. I just see like a beauty in connecting people and helping people. And so if two people can come together and do great things and I don't have to be in the middle of that, like that helps me with my time management. It helps me with my priorities and it helps the other people, you know, wait, I see a theme. Yes. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Well, that, yes. That's something you talked about before. Like, wait, somebody already knows how to like do that. And so, yeah, yeah. I have one of my clients, one, I think, I don't know if she has a financial advisor, but then also I know you know how to put together like fashion shows. So then I'm yeah, like, yeah. go and like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just make the connections and oh my help gosh. to make things, help to make magic come together. But yeah, I think not uh, drawing upon each other and, and helping each other is great. So awesome. Yeah. Well, it yeah. has been wonderful chatting with you today. Is there anything else you want to share? No, I'm just so thankful that you're doing this. I think like you're a connector, you're connecting people, but you're also like highlighting people. And I think it takes a strong person to do that. Like, I think it takes someone who like wants to lift other people up and that's not always easy. So I'm really appreciative that you're doing this and especially like highlighting women sometimes, you know, like, and yes, this, and I just, um, I think it is very cool of you to do. I know it takes a lot of your time. I know that it's an investment of your time. So thank you for having me. I'm so thankful that I finally got in here, got it together. And got it. Yes. And, I, and I'd love to connect with anyone who like listens and if they need anything or if they think I can help their business, I'd love to be a part of that. Well, do you know one of the, the you facilitated such change by even just demonstrating who you are, like with me to even do this and continue with this and put me in the trajectory to do this because by you showing how you take time off with your family and how you do these different things, then 
I was like, that's a great idea. I need to take some time off of the summer. And like, I would not have changed the whole babysitter thing. So sometimes you're like, oh, you're all over social media. You're all the time, but you never (laughs) know by sharing of yourself, then you might help to effectuate change. And like me and my family are in a completely different position than we would have been like a few months ago if we hadn't been, you know, connecting to each other and talking to each other. And I'm like, well, that's a great idea. I need to really unplug. And then I had the space to like make some more realignments. And that's why I started the podcast is to show that you don't have to be in this fixed state. There's these people that are in this fixed mindset, but you have to like evolve. And like you talked about your evolution today. And I think um, that's just one of the, the leaders that are here to stay. They're the people that are evolving. They're the ones that don't have the fixed mindset. And so so I appreciate you, you being on it. And then how's the best way to reach you? LinkedIn, Instagram, all the things, what's the best way to get in contact with you? I mean, Instagram's easy. That's just Sarah Grafton. And you can always message me there. LinkedIn. I I will confess that Jason's better at LinkedIn than I am. It's, it's, (laughs) I don't, I didn't want to say he's better at any social platform, but I'll give him LinkedIn. And then you can always email me and you can share my email if you want on the the podcast, but yes, anything that I can help with or connect people, I'm happy to do so. Always would love to take on new clients for financial advising. So just reach out. (laughs) Yeah. There's no commitments or anything to reach out. She's just going to share information. And if it's a good match, that's awesome. And if it's not a good match, then She'll help to kind of direct you in the right right way. But with your platform, are you primarily focused in Florida or through you're able to, to service through we, elsewhere? Yeah, we can actually do nationwide. We started in New Jersey. My dad started in New Jersey. So we have our over the last 50 years, this is our 50th anniversary. Clients have moved everywhere. So we have our licenses everywhere across the U.S. But our business is definitely growing in Central Florida because we call that home and we love serving families in Central Florida, but we can do families, businesses, trusts, you name it, like any kind of banking needs that you have, we can also help through the bank too. So, And you have very happy, happy, happy clients that I've heard from. I hope so. I hope they tell us that. I don't know if they tell other people. <laughs> yeah. I, I- others. So, well, awesome. We'll connect with Sarah and thank you so much everyone for tuning into the show today. And again, please like this, subscribe, download all the things to help to continue to get this message out to others. Have a great day. Thank you so much.